You're listening to Finn Too Deep. To a back to throw, blitz coming, and get to him. No, he takes off running, and he's he in. It. Touchdown, Miami! With the sixth pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Jalen Waddle. Giving you unfiltered, informed, and controversial takes on the Miami Dolphins and the NFL Draft. Here's Reason and Neil. Welcome back, everyone, as we dive fin too deep. As always, we're your hosts. I'm Reason. Joined by Neil Driscoll. Neil, again, another week of celebrating a victory as the Dolphins move to 6-3, and 6-0 oh when Tua starts and finishes the game. Tua again lights out. Tyreek again lights out. The offense just putting up numbers, but that Jekyll and Hyde defense, the one that's so good at home yet so awful on the road, again, decided to not be that reliable on the road um how you feeling man it, you know it's kind of a uh it's kind of a weird paradox because on one side you're so happy you know we won we won we won but on the same side you're looking at this defense you're like man they better get it together before those last six games of the schedule yeah you know we're we're, we're halfway through the season now right so you know we have a good sample size of what this team is and you know, I, I don't think there's many people that argue that they're the top four or five teams in the AFC, uh, which which is good to see. You know, I, I wish the the defensive and the offensive units would connect, click at the same time. I don't include special teams because we practically have the worst special teams in the league. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think getting healthy is going to help. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are saying, you know, let's get Byron Jones back. I, I still don't think that's going to happen this year. Um you know, I'm not counting on that. So this defense has got to figure it out. You know, last week was tough. Like Justin Fields, I mean, he had a, you know, historic game. He's a 230-pound guy that can, you know, run like lightning. And it was tough because there was a couple times where Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb were just right there and couldn't make it happen. I think at Dan least coming – as a spy. You know, I, I think the remedy is having a quarterback like Jacoby Brissett at home this weekend. I think it will be able to get our defense confident. Go go into the bye week, hopefully with the seven and three record, and come out playing the worst team in football, right? So the problem is you got to deal with Chubb and Hunt now. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, I, I think it's you know we've given up two hundred yard rushers this year, right? And it's Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields, uh, but but running backs were holding about fifty five yards a game. Nick Chubb is one of my favorite players in football, so I have nothing but respect for him. Um, but I do think that's one thing our defense does well. Um, and you know, the way that we could take Nick Chubb out of the game is by scoring points fast, right. And make it Jacoby Brissett have to play catch up. And as we saw last year as Dolphin fans, that's not going to happen. Uh, you know, I don't think the Browns are going to be a walkover at, by any means. I, I know there's a lot of people that laugh and say Jacoby Brissett, you know, from what I've seen in the Browns this year, they played competitive football. Um, and it's because of that running game. It's because of their offensive line. And, you know, they have Jadavian Clowney and Miles Garrett on the defensive line. So, you know, I don't think it's going to be an easy task, but it's a favorable matchup. But, um, you know, I feel good, right? Like, you know, Tua 
Two is an MVP conversations everywhere you look now. You know, Keyshawn Johnson. Let me ask everyone's you. Co- Let me ask everyone's you coming this. around. And which is crazy because I was talking MVP on my on Finside the NFL wasn't when it wasn't hip to do. Right. I, I bet on it. So I hear yeah, you. So, so did I. I got money on this. I took him at six thousand. He's at plus eleven hundred last I checked. Um so MVP aside, is Tua Tagovailoa the best quarterback in the NFL right now? Because you look at all the, you know, third third quarter, sorry, third down. You know, he's he's got the best passer rating on third down since they've been tracking it since 1991. You look at what he does in the fourth quarter, all those efficiency in terms of EPA and completion percentage over expected. He's the most efficient quarterback in the NFL right now by those stats. You look at he missed three games, but you know he's right there in the thick of things when in terms of leading in QBR, I believe he leads in passer rating. He's a number one overall graded quarterback in the NFL right now. You know, he's, he's not that far behind the touchdown race and he missed, you know, three games. I mean, is Tua Tungvaloa the best quarterback in the NFL right now? Because I think he is. And another thing too, I don't like is people are trying to label him as an under throw when clearly he's relying too much on touch instead of just driving through the football right now. That's the issue. It's not about under throwing It's He's not driving through the football. He's relying too much on touch. But anyways, I digress. Is he the best quarterback in football right now? Neil? I, I think I, I think he's playing as well as any quarterback in football, but I don't think he's the best. I, I still give it the nod to Mahomes or Josh Allen. Um, but with that said, you know, I think the strides he's made this year is bigger than any player. Of well, you know what I mean league. by that, though, right? Like I'm talking about this year in a vacuum in terms of, yeah, you remember Lamar Jackson, the year he won the MVP was the best quarterback in the NFL that year. Now, was he, you know, the best actually gifted thrower of the football quarterback in the league? Hell no. No, but he was the best quarterback that year. That's what I'm kind of talking about with Tua. Is he the best quarterback in 2022 so far in the vacuum of this year? Because there's no doubt to me he's the most valuable because I'll go, Neil, let me hit you up with this. You remember, winner get in against Buffalo. They beat our asses not only with Allen, but with Matt Barkley. Yep, the Kansas I do remember City that. Chiefs sure. have won games with Chad Henney coming in. Okay? You know, Lamar Jackson, who's won an MVP, they were calling for Tyler, Hunt, uh, sorry, Tyler Huntley to be the starter last year in Baltimore with the fans. All these big guys who you would put up there in the upper echelon, their teams win can still win games when they leave with another guy. Now, obviously, they're not going to be as explosive, but they can still win games. Us, you look at Flores' record with Tua, without without Tua. Now look at us this year with Tua and without Tua. You know, Tua's the most valuable quarterback to his team out of all these. We just can't win without Tua. Oh, yeah. And and, and the thing is, that when you put those stats out there, you know, the receivers were, especially Tyreek Hill, was still really productive when Tua was out. But yet they still wouldn't win. Yeah, but okay, I, but but remember that that no, game I'm, where, where he's really, as a compliment. But I know, I know. But that game that he was really productive, where um, Brissett had that three twenty nine. All those yards came in the fourth quarter when it didn't mean anything. The game was remember, um, sorry, Bridgewater only had what like a hundred yards midway through the third quarter of that game. Like you know, they went into soft coverage in the fourth quarter, and then he put up three hundred twenty nine yards, and three hundred six of those were Tyreek and. And uh, and uh, Waddle after uh, Skyler had been knocked out that game. So, you know, even still, like, take out that game. Were Tyreek and Waddle really blowing up teams with Skyler and Bridgewater? No. 
No, I and, and I think Tua is. I mean, you know, I think he every week he's checking another box. You know, it, it, the first question was, is he the franchise quarterback? That's been established. You know, the second question is going to be, can he stay healthy? And hopefully that what we've seen the next last few weeks is what we continue to see. Yeah. You know, I, I think he's surpassed the play of Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert right now. And he's doing that because he's winning on top of the production that he has. And, you know, I, I think he's, you know, He's going to have to do it again and again and again year after year. But right now, you know, I would say that he's clearly a top five quarterback in football right now. And that's that's unbelievable because I think when we first had our first podcast heading into the season, both you and I said top 12, top 12, top 10, flirt with top 10. And and he's surpassed that. And look, you know, I'm not going to like sugarcoat. There's a couple throws that he did miss, but the, the bar's not 158.3 perfect quarterback rated. I wish that was. Now, as a as a football fan, I would have loved to see him hit that but, kill but, shot but, for five yards to water. But, but Neil, but Neil, you know what I don't get? All these people trying to lay on these underthrows and these misthrows. First of all, you think Mahomes didn't misthrows? Second of all, if they really mattered, why is he, why are they still putting up better numbers than he ever put up with Mahomes? Well, if Josh Allen doesn't miss a throw against the Dolphins, they win that game, right? So that was even more of a If Jimmy G throw. doesn't overthrow Emmanuel Sanders, they they probably beat the Kansas City Chiefs and Mahomes will have a Super Bowl, right? Right. So, like, you know, I, I but, you know, I, I think, unfortunately, the every time that Tua does throw a ball, whether it is because of the touch, and I agree with you, that wasn't a lack of arm strength. That was a lack of he was letting touched that ball it. rip. He put too much touch on the ball. He should have let that rip. And well, do you remember the you remember the throw earlier in the first half that he made to Tyreek when he hit him in stride up the right sideline? Remember that throw? Yeah. And remember Tyreek? That throw. Did you notice a lot less arc? And he still bucket. He still tear dropped it in it the beautiful. bucket. That's what really? he needed. He because he stepped into it. If you go look at the throw to the waddle, it's all off the back foot. That's all upper body, just trying to touch it in there. When it's like, no, bro, you gotta you gotta put that a little bit on a rope, and, and let it just let him just run underneath it. And like well, he was just too focused on touch. That's all. Well, he he's only going to get better and better in this system. I mean, you got to think he's only had six and a half starts in this in this offense. So you know, him and McDaniel could break down the film. They're well, you know what's frustrating, bro? Like. You remember that uh, that throw that Waddle actually ended up dropping, but Tua fitted in that super tight window? Yeah. Remember that, where the defender yeah. tried to make a play on it? That took juice to get it in that window, Neil, and that was, like, beyond 15 yards down the field. Like, he's got the arm strength to make the throws. It's just too much times he relies on touch instead of just juicing it, you know? Well, you know it, 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 but, you know, he, uh, you know th- for, the, for the talking heads, he hits that throw. The Dolphins win the game by 10. He has, you know, four touchdowns and four. Sanders yards. does his job. We get another three, and then guess what? On that fourth down that we ended up not converting late in the fourth quarter, because we noticed how McDaniel didn't even flinch. We would have set. We would have oh. sent Sanders up there, and we would have added another six because they would have had faith in him if he would have made that first one. So guess what? We would have won. We should have won it by minimum forty-one to thirty-two. But Sanders continues to be the most overplayed overpaid and overplayed special teams player because I would have cut his ass. Why is he on the team? Why why is Jason Sanders on this football? Because there's not a lot of options right now. Like honestly, and people are going to hate me and I I don't know what his injury settlement got deal with, but if if Rodrigo Blankenship is good to go, make the phone call. The man with the goggle glasses, make the phone call, bro. Cause I saw him make big kicks in Indianapolis and this guy, you know what the problem is, Neil? People are so focused on it. The defense 
can hold up if we get to the playoffs or whatever. Well, guess what? Lose On the game. road to the playoffs, yeah, you're going to need these kids. And in the playoffs, you're going to need – like, look at Justin Tucker, bro. That guy, yeah. did you well, see they, they sent him indoors? Did you see what he was kicking in New Orleans pregame? Yeah, I mean, he's the best ever. But he was know. hitting them from the New Orleans 40. Like, yeah, I, uh, sorry, um, the Ravens 40. The guy's yeah, ridiculous. He's the, yeah, he's the best ever, and I don't even care if Jason Sanders is that. But, but, Neil, I want him- but Neil, look at the move that the Jets did. I know he's not the same he was, but they went and got Greg the leg, right? The uh, Zerline, because of what Zerline used to be with the Rams, right? He used to be the Leganator. Remember that? And – you know, or sorry, Legatron. They used to call him Legatron, remember? Yeah, of course. And, you know, and he's been a difference for the Jets. He can make, you know, he's reliable for them. Like, uh, Jason Sanders is, bro, he was a liability last year. And he's, a he's liability always been a liability. Year. He had one good year, and I had to eat Not a lot paid. of crow because I've hated Jason Sanders from the beginning. I think he's inaccurate. I think he had one really, really – he actually had an elite season, which is yeah, crazy to say. He was yeah. all pro. He was great. It's in his ears, man. And once the, once a kicker gets that stigma and they get feared, he's on the sidelines being like, come on, guys, get that first down so I don't have to go out there. Once that happens, man, I'm telling you, it, it, he's cooked. He's never going to be the same kicker. And he's the seventh high, highest paid. They got to figure it out. What's Alindo Mari doing, right? <laughs> like, go, yeah, I know. I, eh? go, go get somebody out there because I, 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 like, I'm with you. Like, us Dolphin fans that are older remember Pete Soyanovich against the mm-hmm. Chargers. Yeah. And it's unforgivable. And Pete Soyanovich was a great kicker in Miami before that happened. Especially when you're paid I... millions of dollars to do one thing. Yeah, he's the seventh paid, highest paid. I mean, look, and, you know, I don't want to make a big deal about a kicker, but it is a big deal because if we lose that game against the Bears, those three points were critical in that happening, right? So at 100%, Jason Sanders has to be better. He, he from, We're midway through the season. He's got a solid F for me. He's been the biggest disappointment. I think him and Danny Crossman, the, the special teams coordinator, are going to be gone. This I mean, afternoon. I mean, we have the worst special teams in in, in football, man. We Can have I say no... at least Cedric looks like he's figuring out a little bit as a returner. Yeah, and, and at least that's showing some value. And and like Jalen Phillips gets in there, blocks a, a punt, and Andrew yeah. Van Gago does his thing. So, but like, I I, I don't understand. Like well, even when we had Jakeem Grant, and I had to deal with the fumbles, right? And it was frustrating as hell. Mm-hmm. Every time the ball was punted to him, you thought. There was a chance for a big play. Now I'm just like Javon Holland's going to wave his hand. It's going to be a fair catch. You know where I like. It's just like I hate that special teams is not a part of our game because when we had Darren Rizzi, it was a strength of ours. And you know I think we have a good offense, a great offense. I think we have a good defense that could be way better than they're playing. But I think our special teams is hard. And if that was good, you know you're just a more of a complete team. And it is what it is. I think Jason Sanders is going to be here for the rest of the year, unfortunately. Mm. And hopefully he gets out of his head. But, God, man, he is – I mean, that was 29 yards. Like, I, I don't – like, I'd like to go out on a field tomorrow and see if I could put that in. Like, you know, that's <laughs> that's like – come on, man. Like, I don't care how windy it is. That is what you're paid to do. Make the damn kick. Like, because you're right. He is – like, we can have the best season ever, right, in the playoffs – the games are always close, and that's why I'm okay with the Dolphins winning ugly right now. I always say football is not a it's not a perfect game; it's an ugly game. So winning ugly is great, but you have to, to be able to win ugly, right? You have to have a kicker that can kick the ball from around 50 yards. Because here's why: if Mike McDaniel has a fourth and two, and we're at the 28 yard line, we're more than likely uh, of the opposing team. We're more than likely going to go for it. We're aggressive. 
I like that about Mike McDaniel. But if we're on the outskirts and we're not in punting territory, it's fourth and seven, and we're at the 35-yard line, and we have to trot Jason Sanders out there, the numbers say he is the most unlikely kicker in football to make that kick right now, which is just crazy for what for how we're much you're paying him. Yeah. So I, you know, luckily he hasn't hurt us yet, but you know, we're playing with fire there and, and I hope it gets fixed, but you know, back to your question on Tua, man, Tua is sensational. Um, he's carrying this team. Even when Justin Fields was playing, you know, the game of his life, I never once got nervous. I thought I was like, Tua is just going to go out there. And, you know, and we're talking about Tua being the MVP, right? And the MVP always goes to a quarterback. The best player in football right now is Tyree Kill. Yeah. Tyree Kill is just insane. Because, you know, you mentioned Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle does occasionally drop a ball, right? Like he's sometimes has a lapse of concentration. Tyree Kill has such a sure-handed ball. I don't, like, I don't remember a ball that he's dropped yet this year. Like he is – I mean, he is such a good football player. Everything that he came here, he said, is happening. He's backing up. You know, he's talking the talk, walking the walk. And I, it's the best acquisition, man, that we've made since 1984 and getting Dan Marino in the draft. I, I really think it's that because that speed, like you saw, like the numbers that we've been putting up. But there's also so much there that we're, we're going to start hitting, I think. And that is where it just gets so dangerous. I mean, that that combination – like, you know, you hear things like, could it be the best in NFL history? And you kind of just like, you know, shrug your shoulders like, here we go, overreaction. But with Waddle and Hill, man, it really could be one of the best receiving. If they stay together for five years plus and they keep this pace, look out, right? Like, it's special what we have there. Absolutely special. Yeah, I mean, and it's, I mean... We were told to was I mean you look at all the narratives to was killed right like I kept telling people about the protection the coaching staff and the weapons around him and oh those are excuses those are excuses and now it's been proven no that was the context of the situation another thing too is I don't know if you noticed but a lot of the people who are still because there's still people that doubt Tua and a lot of them are those Flores apologists not willing to admit they're wrong on Flores and they're wrong on Tua because Tua's killed the narrative that. Flores didn't hold him back because it's clear as day. You know, you look at right now and just where this, I mean, would we even have Tyreek if Flores was here? I doubt it. Remember, he didn't believe in oh, I don't believe superstars, no. right? They wouldn't have given him $30 million. I mean, they wouldn't have invested quarterback money in him. But man, it's been beautiful to watch because they're doing something historic that receiving core. I mean, you look at Tua, Tua's doing things weekly now that Marino never did as a passer on this team, which is crazy because. Best natural thrower of the football, you know what I mean? But, you know, and don't act like Marino never had stretches in his schedules against bad teams, right? Yeah, well, you, you see Omar Kelly say this a lot when he's on Twitter, and, and, I, and I've said this about Tua as well. It's that it factor. Mm-hmm. There's he something does. there's something yeah. that's innate in Tua that makes him And winner. I know people hate the term, but he does have winning D, winner's DNA. Yeah, he, he just has something about him. That like you got to think about this, right? Even if he doesn't have a game you can brag about or hang your hat on, he'll still more most nine times out of ten he'll still do enough for you to win that game. And 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 Justin Herbert can't do that. Joe Burrow can do that, but not as consistently as Tua. Tua, Yeah, I agree. But think about this, right? The most important down in the NFL is third down. It always has been. Tua's got the best passer rating on third down since they started tracking the stat in 1991. The most important quarter in football is the fourth, fourth. quarter. And he's the most what, efficient in the NFL right now. 
Right. So that's that's exactly my point. The guy plays his, but he'll like the. Rangers what have I always said, Neil? What have I told all these people? What have I always said, Neil? Keep your highlight real, big sexy throws. Keep all of that because if you give me what elite efficiency, elite accuracy, and a high football IQ, I will beat that big armed highlight real guy nine times or ten times out of ten. Have I not always said that? But and you now you're y'all are seeing because and you know why I said that. Because and this is why I've been telling all y'all been excited about Tua because and this is what I've always followed that statement up with. That's the recipe to Brady's success. Well, it, you, you're kind of getting to where I was going is where, you know, you're not going to compare Tua to Tom Brady, but but there's some things about him that are similar, and we're really starting to see it's all about the, the draft. recipe, bro. Well, we're seeing the, the the draft comp of Drew Brees come to life before our eyes. Right, like Drew Brees, more athletic Drew Brees, yeah, yeah. Drew Brees really struggled. Two was actually hitting his stride even sooner than Drew Brees did. Like if you remember, there was times where he was getting taken out of games, just like kind of like Tua had to deal with last year. Then he went to New Orleans, and you know he found his rhythm. I I, I really think, and this is going to be shooting at the moon here, right? But I think Tua is going to have a similar trajectory to Drew Brees. I, I think we're going to see him become one of the upper echelon players in this league for the long haul for the next 10 years. And this isn't me being a Dolphins homer. This is exactly what I saw when I watched. I, I watched more tape of Tua Tungavaloa in my life at Alabama than any player, any five players combined. Because I was so dialed in. Yeah, yeah. And like what I saw was I saw the Drew Brees, but I saw a little more twitch. But I also saw a guy who's just – his greatness won't be denied. That's what I texted. You know who he reminds me of right now, where he is right now? And especially when you look at the parallels of our weapons. Don't you get a lot of uh, Kurt Warner, greatest show on turf right now vibes? Yeah, but, you know, I, I also think Kurt was a flash in the pan where two is going to be – have long jet. Yeah, but I'm just talking about, like, think of, again, look at the vacuum of the situation. You're yeah, looking with that, Isaac yeah. Bruce and Tory Holt and Marshall Falk. You're looking right now. And um, again, I think that was uh, dead wrong what you just said. Warner was not a flash in the pan because then he de- helped develop Larry Fitzgerald and Quan Bolden. And he took that team to a su- He took the Arizona Cardinals to a Super Bowl. Yeah. He, if you yeah. actually look at Warner over his career, he's a very efficient. I look at I look at a lot of different things. Like the way he can shake off the last play is very Eli Manning-ish. He's very Eli 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 Manning. That's how he won Super Bowls. He could shake off a bad play. And it didn't and people it used to piss people off. People used to be like, oh, he looks like he doesn't care. No, the difference between Eli and Peyton was Peyton, you could tell, really let the last play and things would snowball against him because he'd let the last play affect him. Eli would just shake off the last play. Yeah, no, I, I see those traits. I, I, I think too has got a lot of that. You know, let you know it, he and he definitely gets down on himself too. But he's learning. I think you know. I, I, God, I forget who I said. The thing that really stands about Tua this year is his development, not just on the football field, but like he is the captain of this football team. Yeah, it's his he team. is the leader. Like yeah. it doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter if it's Tyreek, if it's Waddle, if it's Xavier Howard. Yeah, Tua is the face of this franchise, despite yeah. all those stars. And that's what's amazing here is that, you know, I don't really give a shit what people on ESPN say because their job is to make you watch them. So, yeah. agreeing with everything, 
rainbows, unicorns flying in rainbows. That doesn't make mm-hmm. that doesn't sell people to watch you. No, to have no. contrarians that that go against the norm, that makes people die dive in. You get passionate. That's why, like Colin Coward, like everyone's worried about him. Colin Coward knows exactly what he's doing. That's why ESPN pays him three to five million dollars a year because this is the type of reactions that he drives. Right, like. You know, he probably doesn't give two shits about Tua Tungvalu as a football player. He probably watches nothing that's not on the highlights, and he just gets you guys all stirred up. Like, at the end of the day, like, people that know football, the Brian Baldingers of the world, the Daniel Jeremiah's of the world, the Dan Orlasi of the world, uh, are telling you that this is the guy that everyone thought he was going to be coming out, and circumstances around him have changed. But this is who he's always been. Like, this is who he was supposed to be earlier but we had a coach and an organization that didn't understand because it's been so long since we had a gem of a young quarterback we don't we didn't have the front office that understood how to make it work you know what i mean we thought trotting out you know um god what's that receipt isaiah ford for the fourth time was gonna you know work it's like you know we failed tua as an organization but now it's like we've gone all in we've done the complete opposite of what we did to fail them and, you know, like, because we're talking about all these weapons and stuff, is Taron Armstead not the best offensive tackle you've seen here since Richmond Webb? Like, seriously? Like, I oh, mean, yeah, he, he is. is. He is, yeah. I mean, he's playing on one foot, and he's absolute dominant, and he got away with a hold that I saw out there, and that's okay. Like, I don't care. He, you know, he's a good vet. He's going to get some of those calls. I can't wait to watch him and Miles Garrett bust heads this week, man. Like, that is going to be a hell of a matchup. And for the first time in a while, like, you know, I, I feel really good. Because Brandon Shell's playing some solid football. He didn't have his best game this week, but he's playing okay. Connor Williams, man, Connor Williams is good. I mean, he can't snap the ball for hell, but, dude, he gets out there and he kicks people's asses out there. He is a he is a bona fide top five center in this league right now. So, I mean, that's what I like about, like, this offensive line, if they go out and get one more good player this offseason, this could be a really, really good offensive line. I agree. I agree. Um, all right, let's get into this Browns game. Um, I mean, you know, we got to contain Miles Garrett, who's one of the best in the NFL right now. I mean, you know, he's getting the pressures just like Phillips. The other thing, the difference is he's getting home. He has about seven and a half sacks already this season. You know, we went from the number one rushing offense. Last week in the Bears, they've got the number three rushing offense. They also score points. You know, they, they, man, they, they've, uh, they, they average about 25 points a game. Um, now they're sixth in the NFL in allowing sacks because they got a pretty decent offensive line over there. Um, what are your thoughts going into this Browns game? Because I mean, to be honest with you, I kind of wish it was Watson because I expect him to be rusty and get lit up early on. Um, but, you know, you look at us at home, we're only allowing about 15 points per game at home. Um, and I'm also, you know, we're a much better, better team against the run than we are on the road. And another thing, too, we struggle with teams in the rushing attacks that like to outside zone, get to the edge. When you rush in the interior and trying to hit the gaps, this uh, front seven's been pretty decent this year at filling gaps. So, I'm not as concerned with the run game, though I am still weary of it. What are your thoughts um, of this Browns team? I, I look, there's a couple of things they have on offense that concerns me. Number first and foremost, Amari Cooper 
is a type of receiver that we struggle against. He's a great route runner. He's a technician out there. You know, the good thing is that Jacoby Brissett's not good at get, getting him the ball consistently, but I mean, Amari Cooper's always been a good player. And whenever we've had a face him, I'm like, damn. And he puts us, puts us in for a long day. They're also getting David and Joko back um, from injury. And, you know, he, he, he's, he was hitting his stride before he got hurt, but you know, again, you know, Jacoby Brissett, and, and I don't want to sit there and act like Jaco- Jacoby Brissett's a complete nobody because he does have the ability to keep plays alive. But you know, you mentioned their offensive line being really good, and Joel Batanio is one of the best left guards in football. But their offensive line, to me, like you know, obviously they lost J.C. Treader; he retired. Jedrick Wills just has not been what was advertised, and. There's an area where I think we could win. Uh, they have Jack Conklin, who's a good right tackle. Um, you know, their secondary is interesting, right? Is Denzel Ward playing in this game? Do you know? Um, he is. As far as the injury report goes, I don't. He's. I don't think he's played this season much at all. Yeah, he's not on the injury report. See, I'll, I'll look that up while we're talking. But Greedy Williams and those guys. Oh look. no, he's a full participant. He was. Okay. Yeah, he's good to go. Coming off a concussion. Yeah, and, and he told and he told the Browns reporter that he is a yes sir to go. So so you know, hey, they're gonna have their best at us, which is very interesting. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I'll keep saying this every week. Their corners are gonna be in for a long day. I don't Denzel Ward's a good football player, so he ain't gonna cover Tyree Kill. And Greedy Williams is, you know, he, he's not gonna match up well. And they've been playing um the rookie out of Mississippi State, whose name's escaping me right now, Martin Emerson, I believe, and they've been playing him a lot. When I and I watched them play Baltimore a couple weeks ago, and he makes some plays, but he he's vulnerable out there as well. You know, so long story short, I, I don't think this is going to be a game where we blow out a team. Like I, I've been calling it for two weeks, I think the Browns are a little bit tougher of a matchup than that, but I do think it's a game we win. Uh, we probably cover the spread. Um, I think Tua is going to continue his hot streak. Um, and, and I think it's a game where Mike Yasicki is going to find the end zone as well. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's something we probably win like 30 to 23 is probably where I'm going. Um, but, but you know, I think, I think the Browns are a team that it will be very interesting to see what they're like next year because they're going to let Deshaun Watson come back and shake off the rust this year. And the first game back, he comes against his whole team, the Texans, right? Um, if Deshaun Watson is what he was in Houston next year, the Browns are going to be a really, really tough team. You know what I mean? That's just, I mean, they have that running game and they'll lose Kareem Hunt in the off season, but they will have Nick Chubb, um, you know, and, and they, you know, they'll probably try to get another receiver out there in the draft, but you know, I, I think it's a winnable game. Browns don't have a great linebacker core, uh, as good as Clowney and, um, Miles Garrett on the edge, uh, their defensive tackles, you know, are, are average, um, John Johnson's a really good player in their secondary. Denzel Ward's a good player in their secondary. They, you know, they actually have an all right secondary. They got uh, is Grant Delpit back out there still um, for them? I think so. So yeah, you know, but I, I hope that our defense. I, I like. I'd really want to see our defense just be much better than last week. I'd, I'd love to see Xavier Howard get a pick and get his confidence going because you know how he is. Once he starts getting his hands on the football, and I and I do think that the pick he had against Chicago should have st- stayed. Man, that was a that was a tic tac call, man. Um, but it is. What do you think? You think you, you feeling good about the game? Yeah, I'm. I'm not really worried as long as we just force Jacoby to be the one that have to beat you, and we got this. 
But, you know, you, one thing I will say, I think Jeff Wilson's the better football player than Raheem Mostert. Um, and, and I like Mostert, and he's been running really, really well for us. But, God, Jeffrey Wilson does everything well. Did you even see how he caught that ball and just found the pylon? Like, just a yeah. savvy Downhill. Move. He's as downhill as they I, come, bro. I, I just I, – I just He ended really up out like... snapping uh, Mostert by the end of the game. Well, see, there, there's him and Trent Sherfield are two players that I think you can resign for the cheap right now yeah. before you know they do too much damage. And they're the two unsung – I mean, my unsung hero has been Trent Sherfield because not only is he a great blocker out there, but, dude, he can make some tough catches. Like that one third down catch where he got rocked over the middle, man, he, that's a good catch. He's a good football player. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people ask, ask why Eric Uzakama is not finding the field. You know, sure, he's got development, but, like, dude, we have Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. You know what I mean, Cedric Wilson, who we invested in, Trent Sherfield, and like you know, River Craycraft man's coming back this weekend. He, look, for whatever we want to say about him, he was a guy that was playing really good football while he was out there for us, right? So it's hard to crack the lineup when everyone's doing their job and playing well. Like you know, like you can't, you don't get playing time, you know, without earning it. And I'm not saying that he didn't have a great preseason, but. Look, this is going to be a redshirt year for that guy. He's not going to get a lot of a lot of playing time because our receivers are playing as well as any receiving unit in football, right? So it's going to be tough for him. But yeah, man, let's get this win. Let's go seven and three into the bye. Uh, God, I I don't want. To, I hope this weekend it's not as close as I I think it could be because I am so tired of biting my nails to the end. But you know, you did say something like we played the the, the Bears had the best run offense in football. Now we're playing the third. But they do it a whole different style, right? It's all through their running backs where, you know, Miami, for whatever reason, ever since Flores and Josh Boyer came, they've always struggled with the running quarterback, right? Like, that's part of the reason Josh Allen always tears us up. But, like, for some reason, like, I, I can't remember, and, and, and I know it's happened, but I can't remember the last running back that just ran all over us when we didn't have an answer for it. You know, because Wilkins, Sealer, Raquan Davis – um, you know, they're all play, they all play the run really well. Even Emmanuel Ogbaugh plays the run really well. Bradley Chubb plays the run really, really well. So, like, you know, I, I think it's a game where you put the ball in Jacoby's hands. He's going to make a couple plays. But I also think he's going to give up a couple plays, meaning Javon Holland can probably get his hands on a ball, right? Xavier Howard can get his hands on ball. If this defense gets their turnovers and gets that confidence, that swagger back, headed into the bye, getting healthy, getting refreshed, coming out and being able to build on that against a, a really, really bad Houston Texans team, you know, who knows? I mean, who knows if Brandon Cooks is even going to play for him again this year. There's another disaster going on. But, you know, I, I think you got to go into this by week seven and three, don't you, man? Like, you got to get this win. Yeah, and I think they will. I mean, I think it's very real that we're going to be eight and three after the bye. So, oh. I mean, and it's a realistic, you know, I'm not saying we will because I don't think we will. But the the biggest enemy for this team right now is health because this roster, as it stands, is good enough to run the table if you really think about it. Yeah, so, what are you doing on Austin Jackson? Is he playing this week, or is it still to be? De- I, I yeah, I, I I've heard still to be determined, man. I've heard a lot of things. I've heard, I've heard Byron, he wants new money. Huh. I've heard Byron wants new money because we're not um, because we showed our hand with the J.C. Jackson thing. Well, good. He, so, yeah, I mean, look, and, and it, that tells me right now, though, if Byron Jones is healthy enough to play. Buddy, I've heard – you, you want to hear something? I've heard he was good enough to go in week one 
but he's slow playing it because he's saying, you know, I'm not going to go out there if, you know, if I'm not 110% and affect my future money, if you guys are moving off of me this offseason, that's basically his stance. But well, what exactly, I'm led to believe. Well, it's exactly what Ronnie Stanley did in Baltimore. Um, he was ready to they, – they expected him back four weeks ago. They expected him back against us, and he just started coming back now. Ronnie Stanley's back to being an upper echelon left tackle football. He's been playing brilliant football since he came back, but – he did the same thing. Yeah, he, but they want made... to extend Wilkins. They want to set themselves up for Tua's contract. They're not going to pay this guy. Well, and 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 to be frank, you know he hasn't earned the money that we've already paid him. No, um, dude. Know. And, and I, I bet you another factor in this is: Do you remember last year when X was on that podcast, and then, um, yep, I and then Byron know. took the shot in, in on the Zoom. Talking about, well, you know, if I was a leader, I'd be here. I wouldn't be worried about my money. Yeah. I, well, look, I think Byron Jones is – like, that's why I, I don't think he's coming back. I, I, Man, I he's a Flores hear... boy, right? And his boy's gone now. Well, I, I didn't hear exactly, but I, I, I have heard that it's unlikely that he comes back this year. Yeah, uh, I heard. And... I, uh, I've heard since the beginning of the season. I've been saying it on my channel. I've been saying it weekly. I've heard you don't expect him before the bye. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and if he comes back after the bye – you know, like I'd be shocked still, man. I, I, well, I just, I'm, can I just ask you this? Why aren't enough fans putting two and two together? Like, aren't people asking themselves the question, why did he get the surgery in March, not in January? Yeah, well, you know, I, I think everyone kind of gets it, and they just, you know, well, no, because a lot of people don't know how deep we were in trying to make this JC Jackson thing work with moving Byron's money. You know, people need to realize that's also why we had 20 plus million in cap left over when the season started because that was supposed to be jc jackson money well if you're a six and three football team that's really going to be probably eight and one at worst case with your quarterback healthy and this guy wants to sit back from the sidelines and watch us and not be on that football field that's not a guy i want on my roster so i agree 110 if, if that is what's happening i don't want to see Because right now here's a chance byron jones for you to actually increase your value with this right team. Yeah, you go win a hey, let's be honest, Neil. You can tell the frustration on McDaniel's face when he talks about it now. Oh, he hates him. Well, look, look, let's be honest, man. You go out there and you win a Super Bowl, right? And at the end of the year, if you win a Super Bowl, you have to make tough decisions. There's going to be teams that are be like, wow, we need corners. There's not enough good corners in football, right? You know, so I, it, it, it's, you know, he's probably listening to an agent, man. That's probably what's happening here. And he's probably getting bad advice. You know, who knows? Because I, I, here's the thing is, I – I was hoping that it was just him taking a long time to recover and then he comes out of the body and plays because you had a guy like Byron Jones to this team. I've heard he won't body. even he won't even think about it unless he's 110% and they start talking new money with him. Yeah, well, that's I mean, he's look, he's I he's going to be gone after this year. I don't I don't think even if he played at the level he did this last year. Well, I think he was gone, gone either way. Yeah, me too. But here's a question for you on the cornerback thing. Cater Kohu, great story, right? I have you seen some Rankins where he's yeah. the Six highest rated yeah, yeah. rookie in all football. Yeah, do you think he's a good, feel-good story as a rookie? Or do you think this guy's a legitimate NFL starter starting next year? He's a legitimate NFL starter in the slot, not on the boundary. Okay. Yeah, I think that's fair. Because I, I, I do think that, that you think about this team long-term. And I feel good about a little bit of everything. Where look, I, I think they need another linebacker, but I think that's something you can kind of find easily. We need linebacker. We need to fix the linebacker core. We need to get our front starting five on the offensive line solidified, and we need depth. We need a new strong safety because I just think Brandon Jones 
He's a role uh, player. Yeah. I agree. You um, can say it. And I think we uh, we also need another starting boundary corner. Yeah, I, I think cornerbacks the team's biggest need heading off to the offseason. Because I, I do think, you know. Would have been nice if the NFL didn't juice us and we could have right. had a pick here to try and move up and play. Right, yeah, and and, and I'm with because you there. really I know I I would never wish this upon, but we need something to happen like in terms of, you remember that year Caleb Farley got hurt and fell all the way to the Titans. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, uh, another position that we're going to need is tight end, right? Like we're going to need a more traditional tight end for this offense. Yeah, but I'm done investing high capital in tight ends. We've done it so much over the last couple of years. We got other impact needs here because we got enough weapons where. Tight end isn't a high need for me to invest capital in right now. Yeah. I, you want to go get a guy in the fifth, sixth round, knock yourself out. But no, I'm good yeah, on spending first, second, thirds, and fourths and a lot of money on these guys. Any hope for Hunter Long? Or you think he's just what he is? Whatever. He is what it is, man. Yeah, I agree. Cause he, should have taken Quinn Miners. You got to show some flashes. Because I'm with you, I think, on the offensive side of the ball. Because we're going to need a running back, too. I mean, we're going to have some needs, but the good news is running backs an easy need to fill. Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mozart, maybe you can bring them back on one-year deals. But you could always find a guy in the third or fourth round that comes in that could be And I like this class. And then you mold him behind Jeff Wilson because they released Zaquandre White, eh? Yep, they released. I mean, and and I like this draft class, too, because you could get guys like Blake Corum. You could get Zach Charbonnet in the third and fourth round, and there's guys that can play. So I'm with you 100% on the running back. Um, I think you need one more start on the offensive line, but I like, dude, I everything I've heard is that they were like jazzed about Liam Eikenberg. So <laughs> I, I don't know if that's just like smoke or if that's real, but I think, you know, because if they could go out and get one good left guard, right? And also, Jackson can secure the right tackle position. Like, I'm with you. This offensive line's, you know, what yeah. we need. Um, but on defense side of the ball, the secondary. Because I'm with you. I think Brandon Jones does a really good job of being that dime nickel, the blitzing player. But, like – That hybrid we, linebacker. Yeah, we need – we definitely I, – I think we definitely need a good, strong safety. Um, yeah. uh, like, I, a guy who's all – Who's a guy better coverage? Always, Someone better in yeah. coverage. Yeah. And it's not going to be Eric Rowe, but you know, we we've talked about this, man. Yeah. We're going to have some needs, but we're going to have the capital to get better. So that that's where it's exciting. Sure. This Dolphins team is only going to get better. Like, yeah. you know, it's fun, man. So let's get let's get the seven and three. Let's get this done. I, I, I and you know, it is fun though. I'll say this: I like to win, but it is fun when the quarterback, the receivers are putting up the stats they are, because you know, you're kind of getting the best of both worlds. You know what I mean? Because you're getting your football team winning, but you're you're actually seeing that your team's winning because of elite players. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a little bit different than when we've won the last couple years. You know, because we did have a, you know, a 10-6 and six year and a 9-7 and seven year. And it, but, you know, we didn't have superstars that stood out. Like Tyreek Hill, Waddle, Tua, like right now, this year in this league, they're superstars. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, like, you know, all three of those guys get midseason A, a grades for me. Yeah. You know, so – Fins up, man. Let's get there. Uh, I know it's going to be a nice home crowd where it's the whiteout, right? Like, let's make a statement, man. Let's go get, get seven and three. I mean, the only thing that could beat the Miami Dolphins right now is themselves. Like, they're that good of a football team. Well, no health. Yeah, but they're um, healthier than they've been in a long time. Yeah, but no, but all it takes is a couple key entries, and you're back down to. Oh yeah, you know, I mean, especially especially health is their know. biggest enemy right now. And we've already we've already learned that we yeah. don't have a backup quarterback. <laughs> yeah. 
But All right, guys. Well, we are going to see y'all next week. Hopefully, we're back here celebrating another win. Until always, everyone stay happy, healthy, safe, and blessed. And as usual, fins up all day, every day.